My guest today is a young filmmaker, Alex Ross Perry, and we're talking about movies that we've seen over the hiatus I took between October and March. And I was thinking about sentimental narratives because another sentimental narrative is that characters in fiction and movies must be likable, that they must be relatable. This maddening insistence on likability and relatability as if everyone's experience is universal and everyone's experience must conform to everyone else's is the death knell to art. The fact that audiences are resistant to art with which they cannot identify or empathize with means that the culture we live in is hopelessly and reductively narcissistic. Adam Hooks, an English professor at the University of Iowa, has said, Relatable is a sign of a failure to engage with the work or text, a failure to get beyond one's own concerns to confront the unfamiliar and the uncomfortable. Relatable really means, well, it's only relevant to me, and anything not relatable means that it is not worth examining. And this reflects itself in the culture of outrage that we witness every day where people actually lose their jobs because of this. Good art ignores this, forcing a viewer to place him or herself in someone else's shoes. Last year, the most interesting movie made by an American filmmaker under 30, and by far, was Alex Ross. Perry's Listen Up Philip, which is about a youngish novelist in Brooklyn, played by Jason Schwartzman in his best performance ever, who was angry, narcissistic, and perpetually unsatisfied. And we meet him on the eve of the publication of a second novel, and the movie chronicles the disintegration of his relationship with his girlfriend and his relationship with an older writer. And if this sounds like the setup of something you would want to run away from immediately, don't. It is fast, very funny, and mean, superbly made, and super smart about a lot of things, and I recommend it highly. I saw Listen Up Philip months before its release last October, and I thought it was going to be an art house smash and talked about all over the place, but it wasn't, at least not to the degree that I thought it was going to be. And I was shocked, though I shouldn't have been by some reviewers who didn't like the movie because they couldn't identify or relate to the misanthropic Philip character, the equally misanthropic Ike Zimmerman, the older writer Jonathan Price plays, two of the most compelling and richly thought out bastards in movies last year. Um, Alex, uh, you said in an interview that you felt that you were in opposition, that you felt a kind of an estrangement from the landscape of American indie films, that the quote-unquote likability factor so many indie movies crave, you just don't care, which is why um, The Color Wheel, your second film, and especially Listen Up, Philip, your third, are borderline thrilling in the way that they alienate certain members of the audience. And you said about The Color Wheel, I wanted to see if people could allow themselves to be embraced by something that's unlikable and potentially upsetting. And The Color Wheel is a good movie, and yet Sundance turns it down, and South by Southwest sends you a nasty rejection. That happened to myself as well with one of my movies. But So you failed there. They didn't embrace it. Or some would say you succeeded in a, in a way. But where did this aesthetic come from to go against the grain of the good-natured PSA indie movie, which seems kind of rare for someone your age? I'm assuming because how effortlessly this attitude expresses itself in the color wheel and it listen up, Philip, that it comes quite naturally? Um, it does come naturally. And I think to say where does it come from would put too much analysis on it, which is to say that I'm resisting my own impulses to make something that feels the other way, which is not the case because I wouldn't really know how if I tried only because the questions that I have when I see people interacting or when I run into someone that I went to college with and haven't seen in four years, all of the questions that I live with do not suggest the sort of crowd-pleasing, satisfying narrative that most smaller movies tend to embrace for reasons I still don't quite understand. 
the, the idea that people can't watch a movie because it's not relatable to them. And there were some smart critics who I thought just wrote dumb things about Listen Up, Phil. Though, by the way, most of the critics really like the movie. It does have like well, an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's let's, let's sure say that first. But um, I, I found it incredibly pleasurable to be with those characters, and I don't care if I identify or relate to them. Did that irk you when you would read things like that? Does it bother you or do you just move on and disappointment? It's not disappointment. It's just, first and foremost, frustratingly reductive of work that it is my hope is perceived as complex and challenging. And to filter it through a binary system of like or dislike, and I'm not talking about a Rotten Tomato, green or red, I'm talking about I dislike these characters, therefore I have a hard time with the movie, I think is a much more simple dichotomy of appreciating something than I would hope most things deserve. And obviously, selfishly, I would hope that my own movies deserve more engagement than this character is mean, therefore I just can't enjoy the film because there's filmmaking that exists outside of that. So if someone says that, it's like, well, watch it on mute. What does it feel like to you? Do you like the feel of the movie? Do you like the work we put into the color palette, to the style of the camera? Like These are all things that have nothing to do with the personality of the character that actors who are not these people are playing. So it's very interesting for me to see people get hung up on things like that. 